Are there things that you like? Sometimes you hate doing, but you know you've you've got to do them either regularly or um, semi-regularly, or like maybe sort of on a, a recurring thing. It could be things like for us, we've just gone and visited family in Toowoomba, and part of going to Toowoomba is a seven to eight-hour car trip, or more an eight to nine-hour car trip to get there. It's something that we have to go through. We're not looking forward to. We're looking forward to the end of it. But then after our time at Toowoomba, it's then packing the car and doing the same trip backwards again. So it becomes one of those things where it it becomes a necessary thing, but it's not something you're looking forward to. It could be a reward, like maybe it's planting a brand new garden, but to do that you need to weed it first and to get rid of all the gear. It might be looking forward to, to going camping, but when you get there, you've got to set up all your gear and before you can sit down and relax. It could be wanting the benefits of a gym workout, but actually having to go to the gym. Like, and that, that first, you walk in, you go, I'm not tired yet, and that first five minutes, I'm starting to get a little bit tired, the ten minutes, I'm almost feeling dead, and you go, oh no, I've got to get to that whole hour, I've got to, I've got to finish this workout. It could be family gatherings, like maybe you're having everyone over to your home. And, and when you do that, you've actually got to get to the point where you've got to have the whole house spotless so that the invading horde can mess it up again. And But you've got to have it clean so that you can enjoy that time together. And you're not looking forward to that, but it's a necessary thing to go. And you get to the point, you go, oh, not another time of doing this, not another another time of doing this thing. And New Year is normally a time where we have the opportunity to reset. Reset our habits, reset our perspective, reset expectations. Let go of the year that has been and press on to the new one with a sense of hope. But the last few years have implanted us a bit of a New Year's hesitancy. I had the idea for this sermon a few months ago. Not another one. Looking at the idea of, of, of the past few years and going, what's this year going to be about? And at that time, this year actually looked quite hopeful, like things were looking really good. And it's amazing how things quickly, they change. And even in myself, I, I'm feeling a bit of New Year's hesitancy. Your New Year's resolutions have become smaller or sort of really insignificant. And, and But the thing is, so today I want to talk about this idea of, of, oh no, not another one, and how we face the new year. Or well, let's break it down into smaller chunks. How do we face each new month? Or how do we face the beginning of a new week? Or for those of us, when sitting up in the morning uh, in our beds, feels like a, a workout both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, how do we face each new day and take on the challenges of that day alone. The passage that uh, Jimmy read for us, I, I like this passage, I really do. I like it on the other side of this passage. I like it when I get to the other side and I go, oh yes, God brought me through that and, and God did this in my life. When the trials are passed, I can say, yes, God was good, that was necessary, or God used this in my life, or, or God never wastes an opportunity. That was a great teachable moment. But the verse grates on me a bit when you are in the middle of the trial, especially a trial that goes on and on and on and on 
and there's no set date. At least when you go to the gym, the trial you're going through, when it gets to whatever time you've set, it's done. You can fall in a heap and, and they can drag you off and let you recover. When I'm driving to Toowoomba, I know that I will come to a certain point in time and I will be there. I know that every, every hour I drive, I get closer to that goal. But there are trials in life where we do not know the end date. We do not know when we're going to come out of it. And so this passage becomes one of these challenging passages for us to embrace when we are in trial. And that's why the Paul, Paul writes in James um, uh, 1, just at the start of verse, um, verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Now, if that verse was, was there by itself, like, consider it pure joy when you are able to relax with family. Consider it pure joy when you are able to get everything that's in your diary done for the day. Consider it pure joy when you face success in your life. Consider pure joy when, when you are feeling blessed beyond measure. But we know what comes in this passage. It doesn't say that. And when, when we see this, we go, when Paul says, consider pure joy, and God is actually speaking through him, to paraphrase Arnold from different strokes, what are you talking about, God? Because we get to the point where we go, do you know what, God? It, I don't feel joy when I'm trial upon trial upon trial is lumped in my life. God, I can survive this. God, I can move forward. God, I can pick myself up. But to consider it pure joy, God, I don't know if I can get there. Now, for our first point today, I was trying to come up with a thoughtful, theological sort of um, phrase or word to actually set up what I want to talk about today. And I couldn't do that, so I've actually made up a phrase. So I'm trademarking it now. Um, and the thing is, if you want to pick it up and use it in your own terminology, especially young people who want to think that I'm cool, you probably don't, you're probably going to reject it out of hand, but, but the word I want to put in, and so it's going to take off in 2022, is the feels. The feels. Now, what I want to, the feels I describe this way. When you have a zest for life, a get up and go, you are motivated, you are enjoying life at this very moment in time. The feels. I've got the feels. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Now, I want to give you an example of this just recently in my life. New Year's Eve, and, and for me, this is not for my family, this is for me. It was, I had the feels on New Year's Eve. We had, um, it was actually quite a cool day, overcast, nice breeze, wasn't too hot sort of set up this perfect sort of day. I ended up in the pool three times for the day, even after dinner, sort of playing volleyball with the kids. My shoulder was feeling good, it was feeling movable, so I was going, oh, this is great, I've got the feels, I'm, I'm having a good day. I'm enjoying relaxing. We stayed up and watched a movie together. Um, the kids, the two little kids stayed up all the way to 1.30 watching a movie with me. And then they went to bed and I had the feels and I went to bed. I woke up earlier than I wanted to. I like, so I still got a good amount of sleep, not enough. So straight away I was feeling a bit blah. The feels had gone. I wasn't feeling anymore. Also because I'd spent 
three times in the pool, had gone for a walk with the kids and the dog, had overused my shoulder, I was feeling a bit sore and sorry. Again, I wasn't feeling it. And then all day, because I'm feeling tired, and then what happens, God decides to turn the thermometer up. And all of a sudden, I'm hot, I'm tired, I'm sore, I'm unmotivated, and I no longer have the feels. See, the thing is, that experience is what we kind of try and define as joy at times. When I'm feeling it, I'm joyful. When I'm not feeling it, I'm not joyful. And we go, my joy then becomes circumstantial, based on our circumstances. And so all of a sudden, if I have a good day, I'm joyful. I have a bad day, oh, not so much. The problem with that, that means life is going to go up and down. But the thing is, the joy that we have is based on the truth of who God is. And this is the thing. If I have a bad day, Jesus Christ is still my saviour. If I have a bad day, I am still forgiven. If I have a bad day, I still have my inheritance in heaven set. If I have a bad day, God is still present in my life. If I have a bad day, God still loves me. If I have a bad day, my value is not based on what I've done that day. It's based totally in who God is. And so if we live by the feels, how we're feeling, how we're going, one day to the next could impact it greatly. And so we need to actually get to a point where our joy is based in the truth of who we are in God and who God is. All of a sudden, if we reinforce our mindset with that at the beginning, everything else that follows is not an obstacle that we don't want to go through. It's an opportunity for God to work. Now, a bit of bad news before we go on. Because we look at, at the second part of verse 2. And it says, so he says, Consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Paul couldn't just say when you face a singular trial, it's going to go for a week and then it's over and done with. No, Paul said, when you face trials of many kinds. He's actually done plural in the trials. He's done plural in the types of trials. And so we're going to get to the point where you are going to be facing trials of numerous kinds, of different lengths, of different intensities, and they're going to come because you are alive. So that's a plus. They don't come after you're dead. They stop. The trials go get passed on to someone else. But while you're alive, you will have trials in your life. So this is kind of the setup for that because we have trials plural. Frowny face. Yeah, so you're not happy about that. We're not happy that there's more than one trial. We're not happy that they keep on coming. We're not happy that they sort of come in different ways. God, I can handle one trial today, but you've seen to bring them all in one day. And, and sometimes they come for all in one day, but for a whole week to a month, and all of a sudden they just get piled on our life. The car won't start. This happens. The microwave's broken at home. I go, God, how much more can I deal with? This is happening at, at, in my workplace. This is happening at home. This has happened to the house. God, how much more can I deal with? This is happening in the media. This is happening in our state. This is happening in the world. God, how much more can I deal with? Well, the thing is, this, that's the bad news. The good news is the flip side of this is that God actually sees, the reason he says consider it all joy, even though you're going to be faced with various trials, 
He said it's, there is good news here because out of this flows the opportunity. And this is where I want to focus for the rest of the sermon today is what we can look forward to in 2022. Knowing this, that we should consider all joy when we're faced with various trials. In verse um, 3 it says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When I looked at that verse, when I, I even thought about my own faith over the past few years. It's not that my faith in God has... I still believe in God. I still believe all the things about the Bible. I still believe all those things. I suppose the metaphor that came to me was that at times my faith becomes like my fuel tank in my car. And I think at times my faith is running a bit low. And I need to top it up. I need to fuel up my faith. And Because I, I think what's happened is that when life is easy, we kind of, we have a reserve of faith built up in our life. We hit a road bump, we hit a trial, God has been good, I can handle that, I can, I can sort of, yep, I can get through that one. And then there's another roadblock or another trial, and sometimes we hit a massive big one, and, and sometimes that rocks our faith a bit. Maybe we lose someone, maybe we get a, a, a diagnosis that we don't want to hear about, maybe we lose our job or something else, and all of a sudden we go, God, that's really hard, and, and we, we take a bit of time to get through that. Now, if there's fuel in our faith, in our faith tank, all of a sudden we can, we can get through it. it might, we might slow down a bit, but we get through it. But we use up that fuel a bit. And I, I think at times we, we're sort of set in this like cruise control with our faith because most of us, we don't realize, but life is pretty good. We have, like, we may have individual challenges, but like, we're not living in countries where we don't have food, we don't have houses, we, we have cars, we have all these great things. Life is pretty good, generally, on those individual circumstances we, we just need to go through. But because life's so good, we go, you know what, I don't really need this much faith. And so we, we never actually, when the times are good, we're not actually building our faith, growing our faith, seeing it persevere. Now, God knowing that, God has basically said, you know what, I want to see your faith grow. I, I want to see you fill up your tank. And so basically, as, as God sees this as an opportunity for us to actually fuel up our tank, to fill our faith up so much so that when the challenges come, we can grow with God. And, and so this becomes an important thing because we need to do the things that will actually rebuild our faith. Now, part of it is, again, understanding our reason for joy, understanding who God is, that God never fails us. We actually need to take time to reflect and, and to look at that constantly. Because if we spend all our time watching the news, all the time on Facebook on other platforms, all our conversations become about one thing. Even this morning already, I've been talking about COVID. We tried to ban it at our family gathering over Christmas. It was hard to do. The thing is, I did talk about God a little bit with my family, not as much as I talked about COVID. Now, if COVID becomes my sole focus or my trial, whatever that becomes, becomes my sole focus. That is what I'm fueling up with. And in fact, all that does is like pouring water into your fuel tank. All of a sudden, the fuel you got there is not even working the way it should be working. 
and all of a sudden you find yourself stuttering in life and sort of not being able to go. You're sort of stuck because we are filling up with the wrong stuff. So if you're putting water in your faith fuel tank, you need to stop doing that. But then you actually need to fill it up with what God wants to put in there. And so we actually need to consciously switch what we are talking about. Because you know what? God will change the world. What God wants to do in our lives will change our world. What God wants to do in our church will change our church. What God wants to do in our community will change our community. Those are the things that we need to be filling our life with. We need to be fueling up our faith. And as we fuel fuel up our faith, the next step becomes possible because we look at verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Now, this mature is available to all, not just the seniors' ministry. Um, It's available to everyone. It's available to our young people. But the thing is, not talking about a social maturity here, but you know what? We have people that have lived all their life in association with God who haven't lived out this verse, that hasn't let perseverance finish its work so that they may be mature. And so they might be 150 years old with the faith of a toddler. Well, we see, see young people that have faith of, of, of someone who's had generations behind them. See, this is not exclusive on age. This is all about what we are willing to do to let God do in our lives. Because what this does, the opportunity that gives, this verse gives us, or God gives us through this verse, is a chance to grow up. Spiritually speaking, when we let perseverance finish its work so we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When's the last day that you felt you were not lacking anything? There's, there's always something, oh, I wish I had more of that, wish I had more of that. But to let perseverance finish your work, to give us an opportunity to grow up, well, isn't that a great thing that God can be doing this year? Whether you are 17 or 18 years old, or you flip it around and say you're 81. God says, you know what, this can be a year that, that you grow up. Grow up in me. Grow up in who I see you are. Grow up in and, and sort of those habits that you've included in your life that God doesn't want to be there, or those identities that you've taken on. Saying, this is, this is how God made me. Well, no, most of the time when we say a phrase like that, that's not how God made us, or not how he wants to make us. He wants to remake us into what he wants us to be. So this year becomes an opportunity to fuel up our faith, a chance to grow up. But also, when we look at verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God and it will be given to you. What does that give us? It gives us a godly outlook. A godly outlook on a difficult year. Isn't Isn't that what we want? Because all of a sudden we have a godly outlook, all of a sudden we see where God is working. We actually see new opportunities. We see his mercies which are new every morning. A godly outlook all of a sudden sort of maybe takes our focus off ourselves and opens our perspective so that we can see so much more of what God wants to show us. And it is hard when you are in the middle of trials because we do get a tunnel vision. We get a tunnel vision and and that's all we can see at times. But a godly outlook steps back and actually takes God into the picture, 
It takes his world into the picture. It takes his mission into the picture. And all of a sudden, this annoying thing that we're focused so much on that it seems to be consuming our lives, we can actually switch it and actually go, there is so much more that I can look forward to in this year. So much more that God can use me for in this year. Now, all this is possible... I'm going to have a look at just, I sort of skipped a bit in verse 5. I want to go back to that. So it says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. This is, if you don't hear anything else I say today, this is what I want you to remember, is that this year there is an opportunity for you to re-remember God. Now, I don't know if that's a correct word, um, don't care really, but you understand what I'm saying. To re-remember God. The thing is, God is so big, like we can't keep all of God in our heads at times. There are verses that I've memorized when I was a kid that I've forgotten. There'll be Bible verses. And I've read, I've read the whole Bible through and I'll, there'll be a passage I read through and go, how did that get in here? How, well, that wasn't there before. Or I forgot all about that. I read that two years ago and, and, and I can't, I haven't actively been remembering that. And God in His Spirit will be reminding us constantly of who He is day after day. And so this becomes the goal for us this year is to re-remember God because all of this becomes possible because God is in the picture. And we, and this verse actually, so it says, says, God gives generously and without finding, finding fault. So it's only a small glimpse, but it actually starts talking about the, the character of God. God is gracious. He's giving to us. He's, he's actually merciful to us. He doesn't find fault in us. But then there's more. God is loving. God is powerful. God is, is all knowing. God is all like, we could, we could start doing that list. The thing is, we, I don't know if we actively forget or passively forget who God is at times. And so we start facing all our trials and it says, God says, consider it all joy. And we go, I can't do this by myself. And God says, I know you can't. That's why I'm part of this equation. In fact, you cannot know the joy of the Lord in the midst of trials without God being active in your life. It's not about gritting and sort of going, I've got to just, just got to pull my socks up. Some of us are going to get to the point where our socks are going to be over our ears because we're trying to do it by ourselves. We actually need to re-remember who God is. To be able to trust in Him. To trust and obey. As we, as we actually say, God, I'm going to fully rely upon you. I'm going to trust you with each day that I walk this year. I'm going to trust you with, with providing for me this year. God, I'm going to trust you, oh, even though it's really hard, that you're going to work everything out. I'm going to trust you with the government. I'm going to trust you with my health. I'm going to trust you that you know what you're doing, God. And trust becomes this active thing that we need to lean into God and remember who he is and what he's able... And the, the great thing, when we start re-remembering God, we will actually find out new things about him that we may have never realized before. Trust becomes putting all your weight upon him, not just, God, I'll trust you for this and everything else I take care of. 
there's a story, and I've, I've read it years ago, so I may have even shared it here before, about a missionary who was translating um, the Bible into a specific dialect. And there was no word for faith or trust. And so he was trying to work out how he could describe that. And the thing is, basically he got described as he sat down. When you sit down, you don't sit down and go, I hope this chair holds me. Do you, who, who, anyone, don't sit down if you do that. Like, uh, the thing is, like, some maybe those plastic chairs that sit outside in the weather, maybe you need to sit down on one of those a bit, bit iffier. But if you're sitting at the kitchen table, no one of us sort of, we, we trust wholeheartedly in those chairs. Some of us trust in them too much. We'll stand on them or do other things with them. We trust in them too much. But we, when we sit down for a meal, we're not sitting there through the meal, sort of standing there going, hopefully I don't have to use this chair at all. We trust in it. And so this missionary, basically, they sort of said, to do that is, is trust, to, to, to put your whole weight upon is faith, is trust. And that's what it means with God. We need to put our whole weight upon him. Now, I don't know what your year is going to be like. Not that I, I make a big impact on that, but God does. God knows everything that you're going to go through this year. Now, you may be worried about things that you know are about to happen. God's got that. For you worriers out there, there are stuff that's going to happen that you don't even know about. But again, God has got that too. There may be blessings coming your way that you don't know about. Again, God's got that. There may be blessings that you are waiting for or hoping for. God's got that. I just want to close with this verse from Romans 12. This is actually the memory verse for this week with Vision Radio, Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. I think that's the journey that we're going to be taking this year, to dig into God, to, to have a year that we actually make the most of the obstacles by, by letting them be an opportunity where we refuel our faith, an opportunity to grow up, an opportunity to get a godly outlook and to re-remember who God is. Let's just pray. Lord, we, we thank you that at the start of this year that you are present. I keep going back to that today, but God, I know this year is in your hands um, and that is enough to be able to trust that you can work this year out in spite of all, of all the difficulties already, God, I, I know that's, that is enough. But I know, God, you are bigger than that, that you are an overcomer, that you are a God who wants to, to make the most of the opportunities that bring our way. And as you say in your word, that you will, you will use every opportunity for your good. And so the difficulties that we face this year, God, you can turn into blessings in our lives. And so, Lord, let us be willing to, to get to that blessing. Yes, we may have to go through a difficult day, a, a difficult week, a difficult month, or even another difficult year. But God, in that, there is an opportunity for us to know you more and to grow in you way, way more. And so, Lord, let us take a hold of that this year, realizing that every challenge that is in front of us, that you are, you are the victor. And every challenge that is in front of us, we can know the joy of the Lord in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen.